0: Welcome to the Chasing Presence podcast, co-hosted by Santiago and Mike. This is a space where we share our insights for how to live a more spiritually aligned life. Join us on our journey to expand consciousness, live with purpose and awaken to our true nature. All right, today in this episode, we are here in Palos Verdes los angeles california mike and i are here together in person usually we do this remotely and we've had a great weekend together and we want to just discuss some of the conversations we've been having some of the things we experienced i think a great place to start is talking about our journey yesterday we decided to go to topanga state park and have a mushroom experience in the park and we went on hikes and we had a lot of interesting Uh, discussions during that time yesterday
1: we did and for the first time ever I actually wrote down my shrooms insights my shrooms tripped insights because I've actually never done that before and this guy over here has clearly been more woke than I have so I'm glad I did though because I feel like with every insight you you sometimes don't understand what's really going on in your head when you're actually doing the shroom when you're actually experiencing everything in that reality and when you kind of like put it down in a concrete manner, like I always talk about with journaling, it really helps you understand the experience and it kind of solidifies and integrates those insights into your into your regular life. So I'm super excited to talk about exactly what we went through because it was a very different type of shrooms trip because I usually do it I like this entire year. I've been doing like maybe once a month and I did it by myself and I never really experienced it with someone else when I've, when I've been in this like different state of mind, which is kind of like, I'm doing shrooms for personal growth. I'm not doing it just to get high. Like I kind of did in the past, which was kind of like my mindset with all the other different drugs that I tried and kind of like my more hedonistic lifestyle. So doing it with, you know, another, another person who is, who is like-minded is always going to be, you know, a great experience, uh, especially when you go into nature. We went into this state park that was very foreign to us in, uh, but, but if anyone has ever been to Topanga National State Park, I would, and you live in the LA area, I would highly suggest that you check this place out. It is, it is an awesome place. It's a very mountainous, hilly area. It has a, it's a very quaint town with, you know, it's a very spiritual vibe. Uh, but we, we didn't really know. We, Santi just like on a whim just decided to, send us to Topanga national state park. And, you know, we just decided to do the mushrooms and went on a little hike and it was, a little, it was a little bit rainy, but you know, not too much. It was like the perfect amount of rain. And, you know, instead of just kind of like sitting there in awe about nature, which is, I feel like what we usually do at us during our shroom strips, by the way, it, it, we are outside right now and it totally might rain on us, but we are fully winging it. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah so we we went on this shroom trip and instead of just being in awe at nature and kind of like being like I don't know just like super tripped out the entire time we just had a really fucking good conversation for like 2 or 3 hours and that's where we kind of like in, got these insights and wrote them down we it wasn't like you know we each did our insights separately we kind of just like talked about it and Wrote them down. So I'm- let's let's
0: uh let's start from kind of the beginning of the experience. So we have, for those who aren't familiar, um, when we're talking about mushrooms, we're talking about psychedelic mushrooms, which has uh, psilocybin in it. Psilocybin is the psychoactive compound that causes you to have this psychedelic experience, um, where you, I would not necessarily hallucinate. You can't hallucinate, but you you alter your state of consciousness and expand it, and you're able to perceive things differently than you usually would in a normal waking state, sober um, form of consciousness. And there are different forms or, or strains rather of mushrooms that you can take and they have different effects. So what was the name of the strain that we had yesterday?
1: Albino penis envy. Albino penis envy. Yeah. So I think when they grow,
0: they look like penises kind of. And that's, Indeed. That's worth the name. <laughs> kind of <found>. And um, <laughs> mushrooms in general, they don't taste particularly good, at least in my opinion. So we kind of had some drinks that we each got to, to wash it down with um, to get rid of that kind of bitter taste. That kind of makes me feel nauseous when I eat it. And typically when you eat it, um, typically you do eat it, but there's other ways you can consume it. You can have, you can brew it in a tea, you can bake it into chocolate and other baked goods. Um, but we just kind of ate the mushroom straight as it was. And we did about a gram each, which is usually consider it to be like a very standard, but on the lower end of a standard um, dose of mushrooms where you're, you're going to definitely experience something, but you're not going to be completely blasted off into outer space. So we wanted to do a more moderate dose since it was our first time. First of all, it was our first time doing it together. We've done it alone um, or with other people, but it was our first time doing it together. And it was also, we were going to a new environment that we had never been to before Um, outdoors in nature, there were going to be people there, so. We didn't want to do a a dose that was too strong and then end up feeling unsafe or uncomfortable um, in a very public um, new environment that we hadn't been in before. But the one gram was honestly kind of a great dose. I didn't feel like we needed to do more necessarily. We could have done more, but it it was the perfect, I think, amount for the type of experience that we wanted. Um, And so usually after you eat it, it takes anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour to start kicking in depending on your metabolism and other factors. So, what were what were you feeling during uh, the come up of the experience? So,
1: it actually wasn't as intense as I've ex- I've experienced when I was necessarily alone. You know, for anyone who really wants to embark on a personal growth journey, I would highly suggest doing it alone. I know Santi has suggested uh, doing it with eye shades on. I know in clinical settings, this is how they administer uh, shroom strips to people who might have terminal cancer to get rid of anxiety. I know we just watched what, what what was the documentary that we just watched?
0: Fantastic Fungi.
1: That was, yeah, that was an awesome documentary. That's probably one I'm going to watch multiple times in my opinion. Um, but you know, yeah, u- using eye shades for personal growth by yourself is one way to do it. But I actually did not have a um, a super intense come up like I usually do with you because I think the main thing is, you know, we were walking, we were hiking, we were having like a pretty Uh, involved conversation. So I think, you know, all of those factors led me to really just finding myself in a, in just an enhanced state of consciousness that allowed us to kind of like have these conversations that were super, I'm not going to say intellectual and like to sound arrogant, but it, it was very intellectual, like higher state of consciousness, like type of conversation that was super engaging and kind of like took away of the intensity of the trip than if we were to just like sit there and um, just be I guess you know so I think that definitely was a very cool experience in and of itself and I think that I would definitely want to do a trip like that in the future where it's like two people are just throwing ideas off of each other and kind of like having insights and it's like it's kind of like the idea that Two brains are bigger than one in that sense. Like you might be able to have like insights on your own. But I feel like having like one or two other people who are kind of like contributing to this conversation because you know everyone's perspective is unique and different. And we and all of our experience and experiences in life lead us to having creative ideas and very in, that manifest in very different ways. So having having like multiple people just like bounce ideas off of each other like in this altered state of consciousness. I think i definitely want to like have this type of trip again obviously you know like doing it by yourself is is a whole different story and i think it will definitely increase your chances of having a mystical experience but i think this way is almost like a way of like increasing your odds of like having an insight or coming up with really creative ideas
0: yeah i agree with that i think one of the most important um things to recognize when it comes to psychedelic journeys or plant medicine journeys is this idea of set and setting. So set is your mindset going into it. Um, Are you going into the experience anxious? Did you just go through some sort of uh, experience that day or the day before that's gonna put you in, that's gonna make you more primed to have a more challenging experience? Or are you going into it with a more clear channel, so to speak, where you're kind of in a good mood or at the very least neutral and and kind of prepared to go into it. Um, And also your, your setting, which is your environment. You know, are you indoors or are you outdoors? Are you doing it with people? Or are you doing it alone? Um, are you in a safe environment or, or are you in an environment where you're going to be uncomfortable, right? There's a very different kind of experience that you're going to have when you're in, you know, say a music festival versus when you are in a, hey, like a sensory deprivation tank and just, and just tripping by yourself. And I think that different experiences, there's no right or wrong way to do it, but you just have to be conscious of that. And different sets and settings are going to prime you for different types of experiences. So if you're doing it by yourself in a dark room with eye shades on, playing like a playlist that's literally you know created to guide you through a mushroom journey like the one that east forest created created a five-hour playlist that was specifically designed to help you journey through mushrooms that is going to be a very different experience than if you're with your friends out in nature having a conversation and in both experiences have have pros and cons and both of them kind of blend themselves to different types of experiences. Like Mike said, if you're doing it alone, typically there's more room for introspection and there's the potential for trauma release, there's the potential for a mystical experience. That is also technically possible when you're doing it with other people, but I would say much less likely because you're now more externally focused and you're typically doing it outdoors. And and so you're gonna be more externally focused, but that also lends itself to being able to come up with new ideas um, being able to bounce ideas back and forth with someone else as a sounding board, um, it can also be safe in the sense of you know you're you're looking out for each other and can help if if something were to go wrong and someone starts freaking out. Like hopefully you're with people who are conscious enough to help guide you through that and help you work through it. Whereas if you're doing it alone and you're not very experienced, like there's a risk of you having more of a traumatic experience, which obviously no one wants to have. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed the experience that we had. I think it was the perfect experience that we were supposed to have and um, we got to really go through a lot of ideas. What was interesting too about this trip was um, the, the time. Usually when you do plant medicines, time dilates, meaning you know, you'll know you look at, you'll, you'll be doing the trip and you'll think like, oh man, it must've been an hour or two. You'll check your phone or your watch and you'll be like, oh shoot, it's only been 10 minutes. Whereas with yesterday, the time actually went by like at a normal speed, maybe even a little bit faster. And I think it's because we were engaged in such an interesting, You know, discussion that made time go by quickly. Um, So one of the first, uh, I think, one of the main uh, things that we talked about yesterday, and it kind of builds upon one of the conversations we had, I don't remember if it was the one on enlightenment, I think it was another one, one of the conversations before that very recently, we talked about on another podcast, how um, this idea that there, it, it is either just, there's the ego, right? There's this ego construct which creates separation and makes you feel like this separate entity that is unique and separate from your surroundings and from other people and from the environment. And then, but underlying that is the absolute truth, which is oneness, non-duality, and that there probably isn't a soul. And so all that is reincarn It was about reincarnation. We were talking about how um, it is really just that underlying awareness that reincarnates into um, a, a new person afterwards. and that, And that same awareness is the same in everyone. And so the idea of a soul doesn't necessarily um stand up and but I think we've kind of opened up to the potential of a soul existing. And you want to expand on that.
1: Yeah, I mean because I mainly held the belief that there is no soul, that it's kind of like just the underlying awareness that kind of like manifests and expresses itself in a, you know, conceptually separate individual, but I think you held the belief that, you know, there potentially might be a soul. That it it just in the sense that there's, you know, other dimensions that we might not be aware of in terms of like how, because, you know, we are aware that we have this ego that we exist in this body, but at the same time, there might be like, you know, some inner dimensions in and of itself that are just like, you know, that still have that kind of like different, but not separate ego construct, but are just like, not what we're used to experiencing now, which is why maybe people are able to have out of body experiences and, you know, when people take DMT and have these mystical experiences that they're able to, you know, kind of like almost say, like, I remember you saying that some people in DMT, they, you know, they, they say they talk to like machine elves or what whatever it is. I think that's kind of like the objective view. And when, and, and a lot of people do that and they say that it's almost more real than their actual reality. So the, the point being is, you know, I, I still kind of believe that, you know, we shouldn't be too attached to like these ego constructs. It's existing, but you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, like seeing ghosts and spirits and and I've never personally seen one. So I don't really fully believe in them, but I'm not going to say, Oh, I know that they don't exist because I just don't know. You know, I don't know that God doesn't exist. I don't know. Like if a soul doesn't, we, we just don't fucking know, but you know, it's like, even if it does exist, that doesn't take away from the fact that the underlying awareness that everything is still one. It's like, even though, you know, you and I exist separately, even if you have a, a, like a soul and I have a soul that doesn't take away from the underlying awareness, that is everything. It's like, you can't just attach yourself to that soul because like at the end of the day, that's what you are is the underlying awareness. So I think that's like one of the big, like probably at the peak of our conversation what we were really like, what really blew our minds, you know, and and that's kind of like, and there were other topics that we had that kind of like led up to that. But that was kind of like the big insight that we have that we just don't fucking know. But at the end of the day, the underlying
0: awareness is always there. Right? I think the, the further you go along, at least for me, like the further I go along in my spiritual journey, the more I understand Like the more I realize that I don't know, right? It's like, you're gaining wisdom at the same time, as you gain that, you realize, oh, shoot, there's so many layers and levels to this existence and this experience. And the human mind is, is honestly just as, as amazing as it is, and as developed as it is, it's, it is is limited in its capacity to comprehend the the entire the entirety of this existence in reality. But we have hunches, we have experiences that kind of guide us towards certain truths that we believe are real, but we honestly don't know. But I think the main takeaway was really that you can have an ego and a soul, and that does not negate that we are all still connected through this underlying awareness. Um, and it, it, it could be, it could go either way. We just really don't know. Um, some people believe, you know, like my shaman really believes that the soul exists and the soul is what reincarnates. I think it's possible, still on the fence, not really sure, um, but we're not too too tethered to this idea that it's just this ego construct which is only relatively true and then underneath that is just awareness and that's all that there is. There may be other levels and, and other states of consciousness, other dimensions of being, there probably are other dimensions <laughs> of reality and being and other forms of, of like conscious entities that are also existing, but still pervading all of that is this underlying awareness. And I think we both still agree that that's probably um, the, the kind of the ultimate truth to this. Um, one of the other things that, uh, we discussed on this uh, journey of ours yesterday was this idea of how trauma can manifest um, the decisions that we are making in our lives. And so sometimes we can try to use spiritual bypass to justify certain decisions that we're making certain behaviors that we have um, as, as a way of saying, Oh, well, I'm doing this in order to achieve a certain kind of outcome for my good when in reality, you may just be self sabotaging or That decision is coming from either a limiting belief or some sort of trauma that we experienced in our past. And so it's important to have the awareness and the conscious understanding that, you know, to be able to discern, you know, where our behaviors and actions are coming from and not trying to fool ourselves into thinking that we are taking on a certain action or taking on a certain lifestyle or treating someone a certain way because we think it's the quote unquote spiritual thing to do versus it's actually coming from trauma that we've experienced in the past. And so we're trying to protect our ego by using a spiritual context to justify what it is that we're doing. I know this sounds very abstract, but I think one of the, one of the examples of this that we can kind of relate it to is the experience that you had with um, the text message. Do you want to go into that?
1: Yeah, so it's just like, the, I mean, everyone's experienced this, you know, how you know, texts text get misinterpreted. And whatnot and you know because of how i've had certain experiences in the past like i reacted to like something a certain way that caused a certain amount of like anxiety that probably wouldn't manifest in someone who didn't have the experiences that i had but like there's really just like nothing wrong with that because at the end of the day i had the experiences that i had i am the person that i am and I can't change that. So it's like the, the, the fact that we've been having these things, it's, it's really not my fault, you know, to us, to a certain degree, you know, like, because when I had those experiences, I wasn't really that aware of a person in general. I was kind of just on auto, autopilot and, you know, my parents, you know, taught me how to live my life. And then their parents taught them how to live their life. And then, you know, we grew up in a system and largely unconscious. So it's like, I'm not going to, I'm gonna take responsibility, but I'm not gonna blame myself for feeling like that. So it's like whenever you enter these these, you know states, of, I, I wouldn't call it despair, but just like you know, lower states of consciousness, I guess we could call it that, you know. Um, what really helps me is just saying that it's just like this too shall pass, you know, And just like staying aware that I am just, you know, in a state that is transient. And I found that 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 just really helps me in general. But like you know, everyone has trauma in one in one way or another, and being aware of how that trauma manifests is really just the best way that we can go about um, just getting through
0: things. Definitely, well said. I think uh, another topic, and this one is kind of a half baked idea, but let's try to let's try to dissect this topic of. Free will and this idea that you know it's it's nice and very comforting to believe that we as humans are choosing what we're doing. Like it feels very real in the moment that you know, okay, today I decided to record this podcast, and I'm deciding to be here to visit you in Los Angeles. I'm deciding to have this conversation, and it seems like there is uh, this sense of self, this sense of uh, of agency that my ego has, this ability to kind of steer the ship and, and make certain choices. And it feels very very real and it's very comforting to think that like we have this control and we have free will because the alternative to that can seem uh can make us can make us feel powerless and can make us feel uh even maybe a sense of despair and it can cause a lot of anxiety and fear um however when you really think about it um really there's there's several ways to kind of go about this the first idea is that we uh as humans are so much of what we have chose to do and so much of like our beliefs and all the things that we've done are a result of of a lot of circumstance like the family that we're born into the conditioning that we had when we were younger um all of the experiences that we've had that make have given us certain beliefs up until this point now yes you can be you can expand your consciousness and become a more spiritually awakened being and that can give you this feeling of of deconditioning yourself from the matrix so to speak and so in that sense it might seem like you have free will but what, what kind of underlies that is this idea that the the, the the time this concept of time, right? In order to have free will, there needs to be past, present, and future, so that way there's a point in in time in which you can make a certain a certain decision. But what what we what a lot of people that have experienced um, and will think is true, and myself included, is that time is really doesn't really exist. It's an illusion. It's a it's relatively true. That's even proven scientifically. Like they've proven. That, that time is is relative to the speed of light, which is like the absolute, right? And so time can literally speed up or slow down. And there's all kinds of stuff with like physicists who have done studies and like pulled out theories that show like if you go and I don't know, I'm gonna butcher this, but like if you go out, to, if someone were to like go out to space and travel like at the speed of light or some shit and then come back, that and the time on earth could have been like many, many years, but the person who traveled back and forth will have only aged like a few minutes. And they've even done things where you can like fly around the earth at a certain speed and then like the time slightly slows down. So this idea of time is very illusory and it's very malleable and it's relative. And so what that basically means, and and when you experience non-duality, time ceases to exist. And so the past, present and future more or less all already exist right now in this moment. And it's only your human perception that the past is, you know, X amount of time ago and the future will be X amount of time from now but really it's all happening at this very moment. All that really exists is the eternal present moment. And so everything that ever happened or will happen is already happening. And so it's already predestined and predetermined. And so a lot of me really believes in this idea of predeterminism, which is that like, yes, it really seems like they are making all these choices, but most likely everything that's going to happen or is happening or will happen or has happened is exactly what was gonna happen regardless of whether or not you, you know, you think you chose to do something or not, and that this idea, this this feeling of free will, whatever you feel like you're choosing to do, was already going to be the choice, and there is really no agency in making those decisions and choices.
1: Yeah, it's like you know, part of the part of the fun of being alive is kind of like watching the movie of your life. what literally watching your life, watching your future unfold in the present is is kind of like the way I like to think about it because. The second you try to, first of all, when you try to control something, when you try to control the future in, in like too much, that's when you start to experience suffering if you really think about it. So w- when, you, when you're fully immersed in the, the potentiality of, of your life and you aren't trying to control outcomes in a certain sense. Like, yeah, so it's limitless possibilities, but you kind of just let the natural intelligence of the universe and the, the, the way, the way that we like to think about the natural and the natural intelligence of the universe is like, you know, our heart, our heart is beating without, you know, our ego. It's just doing it through its own intelligence. Um, Just like everything that works in our body that has nothing to do with our consciousness, that's just our body is the intelligence of the universe, the when whenever babies are born, you know, we're not thinking babies into existence, they are just coming into existence, because that has what has been coded by evolution by the intelligence of the universe. And it's like, um, it's, it's also like, like a, n- not a good analogy. But another story is when they used slime mold to more or less map out the entire um, subway system of Tokyo, I believe it was in Japan and how that, that natural, natural intelligence of the slime mold made a more efficient subway system than the ego of the human actually could. So it's almost like, you know, the intelligence of the universe itself is limitless. And when we kind of just allow that to play out in itself, we, first of all, don't really experience suffering because we're not in time. We're not comparing this moment to another one. And that, perception kind of like kind of like causes us to think oh this should be different than it is right now when it's like no things are just everything is just happening right now and we're watching it unfold and be, because of that it in, in a certain sense if you, because the present moment is the only thing that exists and past and future you know kind of just all happen in the present moment and when you think about pre pre it's like what what is it called predeterminism, yeah. like that then yeah, everything has already happened, and everything is will uh, will happen. And because of that, like we kind of don't have a choice. But if we try to think that we can control, that we have free will, that's when kind of suffering comes into the picture.
0: Yeah, I think our egos are just basically dropped into these bodies, um, or into this into into the space time continuum at oh. this period in time. And so, as you're going through it, like you experience time. But I could easily be have been dropped into like the version of myself 30 years from now, assuming I'm still alive and be experiencing that. And that exact experience is, is happening at this moment. My ego the ego, just that, that is currently being manifested through my physical body at this moment in this dualistic reality seems to be like the, the most present and, and up to date time, but there very may likely already be things in 2050 that are happening right now at this very moment and everything in between as well happening right now simultaneously, it's just that I'm only experiencing this point in the space time continuum. And everything else is happening right now as well. And it seems like I'm making these decisions, but all these decisions are being made at all, every point in time in my life at this very moment. And maybe there's a multiverse with multiple versions of this happening, you know, that are almost identical, but maybe slightly different. Who, who the fuck knows, right? Free will. Does it exist? I don't think so. Maybe it does. Um, Moving on. We don't know. Moving on to the next topic, which is this idea of um, being friends with people who are not on a path of awakening or who are not spiritually inclined. And understanding that it is perfectly fine to invest a certain amount of time and bandwidth into those relationships because they assuming that they're good people and that they are supportive of your growth and that, you know, you have some shared similar values. They don't have to be on this path of awakening. I know that I have friends and family members, in fact, the vast majority who are not on a similar path but it's still okay to invest in those relationships. It's just important to be conscious of the amount of bandwidth you're putting in because you don't want to drain yourself. Because sometimes if I'm with certain individuals for too long, I start feeling drained. I start feeling like demotivated, uninspired. And then then it sets me off my path. And then I become too influenced by them and all of their BS. And I don't, you know, it's just important to know how, how much time to invest into those, but also make sure that you're protecting. And what's the word I'm looking for? You're protecting your energy and you're cultivating your energy.
1: Yeah. So it's like, we, we're not coming from a place of arrogance saying that, oh, you know, we are on this path. Therefore we are better than other people who are on, not on this path. It's like, no, that's exactly the opposite of what we're trying to say. But what we are trying to say is that being with like-minded people is ultimately going to bring the best out of you and is going to drain your energy Less than being less with like-minded people who are not on the similar path as you. But at the same time, there's there's no problem with hanging out with people who are you know less like-minded than you. But like may, maybe you you share you know similar humor with this person, or you you know you you really passionate about this certain skill with this person, even though like different different parts of your life don't really mesh, or maybe this person isn't on a spiritual path. It's like that is okay, and there's nothing wrong with like continuing to cultivate those relationships. But all we're saying is, it might be wise to maybe invest in those relationships less, because it's, it's well, like Santi said, it's just gonna ultimately drain your energy because you're just less aligned with that person. So there, there's nothing wrong with, you know, because like, personally, I love my family, they're on a completely, they took a completely different path in life. But like, No, I'm very blessed that like they unconditionally love me in that sense, even though we have like different values in in certain senses, but I'm very grateful that I grew up with this family. I wouldn't want it any different. And, you know, I still love hanging out with them, but it's just like, you know, sometimes I, I can't devote all my time with, with them as like, as like I can with you. Like literally we, we, we hang out, we hung out like basically at all hours of the day of this entire weekend. And it's like not draining at all. So it's like, I, I, I can't do that with certain people, but there's nothing that is okay. It, that That's just the way it works. It's like, if you align really hard with someone, then you're going to want to hang out with them because they don't drain your energy. It's just, it's just that simple, but there's not, there's nothing wrong with like spending a little bit less time with the people who may or may not drain your energy, but like, they're still a part of your life. You know, there's still like, you know, some, some love, like at the end of the day, everyone is you, it doesn't matter what path they are on. It's like, we still you know need to have empathy and compassion for the pe- for the people who who are on different paths than us and it's perfectly okay to like not spend as much time with them and spend more time with the people that you align with but i think that's like one of the the, the main takeaways is that there, there's nothing wrong with hanging out with you know people who are on the spiritual, spiritual path and we are not better than anyone we ultimately we are all the same because we are the the underlying awareness just gets expressed in all of us and we are just literally the universe universe experiencing itself.
0: Yeah. Like people, everyone has a, a lesson to teach you in life. You can learn something from everyone and you can appreciate every friendship or relationship, whatever it is for uh, the gifts that it brings you in your life and, and the gifts that you can bring them. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to um, differentiate yourself because you're spiritual and they're not, and that just, that in and of itself is kind of almost anti-spiritual in a sense, because now you're creating more separation and more division but yes, you also have to be conscious that like some people do are going to drain you, and so it's just finding that balance and making sure that you're being aware and bringing awareness to the situation uh, when you decide to make those decisions in terms of who you're going to invest your time, energy, um, time and energy into, and, and who you're going to, you know, bring into your life, and, and who maybe you need to cut out of your life. Because sometimes there are people who you do need to cut out if they if they really are not a good fit and a good match for where you're going. So it's just important to be aware of that. The other idea um, that we talked about was this idea of um, kind of relating to animal cruelty, relating to um, consuming animals, uh, related to even going as far down as to kill insects. You know, one of the things that I I struggle with and I think about a lot is, is this, is this concept of, you know, like realizing and recognizing that, you know, when you do eat animal meat, you are consuming an animal that was a living soul, a living spirit, and it... And then it was killed in order to be eaten. And where I have more of an issue isn't so much that it's being killed and eaten. It has more so to do with the fact that um, there are these. You know, if you're eating factory-farmed meat, most likely that factory farm um, did not have the most ethical practices in raising those those animals. And so a lot of these animals, you know, they suffer during their lives, and they and and they live very tortured. They're essentially being tortured. A lot of them, um, and they live in very like very, very poor conditions, all for the sake of the human's consumption of that animal, which is not 100% entirely necessary. And the biggest example of this is with, um, not necessarily the biggest example, but one of the things that definitely um, that definitely woke me up to, to kind of some of this cruelty is when I read the book by Yuval Noah Harari. What was it? Homo Deus? Uh, yeah, Homo Deus. Thank you. And in that book, he talks about um, pigs and how they are. a lot of them are held in these gestation crates where they're literally in these very small, tight crates where they can't even turn their own bodies around and they're stuck in there for the vast majority of the day. And they experience these severe signs of psychological distress because pigs have a lot of emotional intelligence, more so than chickens and cows. And so they, they experience a sense of kinship with with their family and with other pigs and they don't really get to socialize with them and they're stuck in this very small confined space and they start gnawing on the the metal of the of the crates and they, and they experience um, clear signs of, of emotional distress and depression and anxiety. And so there is an emotional intelligence there. And so when I think about these pigs that are, you know, kept in these factory farms, um, it definitely bothers me. And, you know, what for the sake of someone being able to enjoy, like, a piece of bacon because it tastes really good. I think it's just important to be conscious of where you source. I'm not saying you need to go vegan. I'm not. Um, and, hell, on this weekend, I, I usually just eat fish, but on this weekend, I ate some chicken, I ate some beef. Um... But it is important to um, be aware of where your food is being sourced from, I think, and being conscious of the quality of life that that animal had. Because if an ant, look, if the animal had a really good life and like it lived, if it was a cow and it was grass-fed, grass-finished, you know, lived on pastures and had a really good life and and lived essentially a a normal life that it would in the wild, if not better, right? Um, Because it's well taken care of and doesn't have to worry about predators and doesn't have to starve to death. You know, uh, before I finish this thought, like, It's important to note that animals in the wild um, they don't like the ways that they die is either starvation being killed by a predator or dying from a disease. So it's not like they're dying like a a nice death, you know? Um, So in a way, if it's humanely raised and slaughtered, I actually think that that's okay. Or if it's being hunted in the wild and it's being hunted properly where it dies very quickly, I think that's perfectly fine. The problem I have is when the animals suffer. Yeah, I agree.
1: I think I've kind of been turned around, um, with zoos as well. Because like you said, a lot of animals live very stressful lives and a lot shorter lives in the wild. But in zoos, they're taken care of, they're given love by people you know, maybe it's not like the 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 natural environment that they would maybe want to be. in. maybe, you know, in zoos, they should have access to, to, you know, vaster terrain, for the most part, it's, it's kind of like, you know, humans, I I think, you know, living in a a, a civilization that is somewhat developed is, is much better and much preferred over, you know, living in living in a forest with like, like one or two people where you have to constantly scrounge for food all the time. I mean, you know, there are people who decided to, you know, up and go and live in the forest, and they still derived, you know, satisfaction from a life like that. I think at the end of the day, it's like, even if we're living a life like this, and even if we're constantly, you know, doing a gratitude practice saying what we're thankful for every day, at the end of the day, no matter what state you're in, as a human, I think you can still extract any type of gratitude, or adapt to, um, you know, the the situation in in, in a certain way. So um, I, yeah, so i how I wanted to continue that before this I think that was a mosquito that destroyed my, my train of thought. Um, speaking of which, uh, the the other thing that we want to talk about is so killing insects specifically, because number one, I'm, I don't want to eat meat that was tortured. I think on some level, you know, you know, if, if you believe in like plant consciousness and because they, they have, I I forget, I, I'm going to butcher the story. So do this research on your own, but I'm pretty sure the guy who invented the lie detector test It might have been a different guy, but, you know, hooked up a lie detector test to plants and was like, you know, bringing in animals that eat plants or like cutting himself and kind of figured out that these plants reacted to that in a certain way, like somewhat like had a sense of what was going on. Um, So there's like some consciousness behind that, you know, because if you believe that, you know, the underlying awareness of the universe is expressed in literally every living thing then you know that kind of makes sense so you know tortured meat in the sense you know might have some some negative energy um but i am I'm, I'm not going to like toss toss out a bunch of like uh like vo- voodoo whatever but just just to do it um i'm i'm going to i'm going to kind of like just let that sit and for whoever wants to like research plant and animal consciousness go ahead and do that um so i agree with you i don't really want to eat tortured meat i'd rather eat meat of um, any type of animal that lived a really fucking good life, probably better than they lived in the wild. And then, you know, gracefully ended their life. That sounds like, yeah, that sounds like delicious meat to me. <laughs> and I'm probably not gonna, I mean, who knows? I might want to become vegan at some point. Um, right now, that's not in the cards, but it, you know, I I don't know what my beliefs are going to be in the in the next 10 years. They might be similar. They might not be, who knows? But I think one, the, the main thing, That we were talking about is, is it okay to just like, you know, if a fly is bothering you to just like kill it, you know, just because it's bothering you. Um, and yesterday I think we came to the conclusion that maybe not, but I started to think about it a little bit more and I was thinking, okay, there's literally so many flies that, that can like spawn, you know, like there's, there's like billions, if not trillions of flies and like,
0: just like humans,
1: I guess. (laughs) I guess in a, in, in a certain way, but like on a much grander, there's way more insects than humans, but I, I see what you're saying in, in a certain way. It's like life force, but like, like you were saying, there's like Zen masters who won't touch insects, who won't touch any life, who will leave everything alone, you know, to a certain degree. However, if a wasp is trying like wasps, I think I don't wasps can't be malevolent because they don't have an ego and ego is where true evil can really begin to manifest. So, you know, I don't think wasps necessarily, um, really are trying to hurt you, but like in a certain sense, you know, if a bee's about to sting you, um, yeah, swatting it away is, is, is one thing killing a wasp. I don't know, man. It's like, whatever.
0: Yeah, I think with, with insects, it's, like, if they're not going to, like, legitimately harm you anyway. Any harm, I don't mean, like, necessarily kill, but even, like, a mosquito, like, yeah, it's, I feel like it's okay to kill it. If you know, it's going to bite you. Um, bees, bees. I, 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 like, personally, I'm okay with bees. I don't, they never sting me. But, um, you know, I think if it's, like, with, like, a moth or an ant, like, just leave it alone. Or a spider that's non-poisonous, like, you know, let it outside. That's what I usually try to do. Um, obviously it's not a huge deal. I think what's interesting though about this is that at some point along the continuum of living things and consciousness, most, the vast majority of humans are okay with eventually killing a living thing, right? Like if you think about humans, majority of humans don't want to kill other humans. You go to a dog, maybe even less humans don't want to kill, like, like even, even more humans don't want to kill a dog because they, you know, dogs kind of have some human qualities. They have Mm -hmm. emotions and whatnot. They have a face. And then you kind of go down the list and eventually, okay, reptiles, oh, some people are a little bit more comfortable with killing a reptile. And then you go down to the point of insects and most people are like, yeah, just kill the thing. But it's interesting to think Like what what point are you drawing the line and what distinguishes it? Because at the bottom of bottom of the day, like I think we can agree that there is some sort of, if you're on a spiritual path, you can probably agree that there is a life force that's animating that insect. Um, there, is, there is a life in there. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just important to keep that in mind. I wouldn't I'd lose sleep over it though. Mm-hmm. The other thing uh, that we talked about too, I know we're kind of just running through this, but there's so many different bullet points here on this list is this idea of the death penalty. And I know that this might cause some controversy, but we basically came to the conclusion that um, we, so long as you can prove for 100% certainty that this person committed a crime of you know, um, murder and cold blood or, or rape, um, that you know, we agree that the death penalty should probably be put in place because, and it's not a an IFi a, a type of mentality, like oh, they caused someone suffering, so we need to cause them suffering. It's more so the fact that oftentimes these people, if they if they're able to get away with it, or they're able to you know get out of prison and go back into society for whatever reason, um, they end up recommitting crimes and causing more damage and more harm and spreading more hate and more violence. And it doesn't seem like they there's a very high success rate of being rehabilitated. Um, and, and there's a lot here when it comes to this topic, right? And, uh, and, yeah. and look, there are people who, um, I was talking to you the other day about the innocence project. Like there are people who are, com- are, are, you know, committed for, for murder or some sort of capital crime and they end up being exonerated years later because DNA evidence proves that they were innocent. So yeah, in that case, they would really suck if they, ex- if they got the death penalty for something they didn't do. That's why I'm saying though, if, it, if we can really prove with DNA evidence that they did commit that crime, I really do think that the death penalty is good. And I know that's not the spiritual thing to say. And probably that the the Zen masters and the Dalai Lamas of the world will probably disagree with this. But when you really look at the effect that they end up having on the world, um, it it really just causes more harm if they, if they are able to like stay alive and go back into society.
1: Yeah. It's like, you know, true malevolence like that, that manifests into a human being. Um, It's like, you know, I think, the worst thing that could possibly happen to humanity is totalitarianism which has already happened in the in the wake of hitler stalin mussolini uh, mao zedong you know like that was just like horrible horrible just evil atrocities and, and obviously it wasn't just them you know um it, it basically happened throughout history um but it's like th- those types of people you know because yeah, people can have a spiritual awakening, people can have like a a very adverse experience and completely change their beliefs and completely change their, their way of being. But the chances of someone who has murdered, like a bunch of people, number one, or even just like murdered one person in cold blood, it's like, man, I don't really know if there's really any way of coming back from that, you know, like accidentally killing a person maybe, but you know, like you said, there has to be like, complete overwhelming evidence and like, like against them completely. Um, and because like at the end of the day, if someone like it has a very low likelihood of actually changing and the evidence is overwhelmingly against them, like, and they killed someone in cold blood or they just raped someone in cold blood, then why are we going to waste resources on them to stay in prison? it just to me it doesn't really make much sense and not only is the death penalty better for them because you know on some level it, it must not be fun to be a, a malevolent person i mean i don't know i've never been truly been a malevolent person maybe it is but i feel like it's just not your true nature you're not you're not really aligning with with the universe which some people can say is just like pure love and creativity and all this stuff um so yeah i i really think that it's it's just, it's probably just for the best. It's to, some people would say though, the whole reason that humans like even developed an ego in the first place and have this higher faculties of reasoning is to alleviate the most amount of suffering as possible. You know, like, for example, like I I really like the, the, the idea that you said about how, like, you know, animals living on pastures who are fed and up until like, you know, the time that, you know, they're, they're slaughtered basically without knowing that they're going to be slaughtered because I'm pretty sure a lot of pigs and cows in that situation, they see the cows being slaughtered. They experience anxiety of that. Um, that is alleviating suffering in in some sense. So like, in my opinion, I, I, I think the purpose of my life ultimately is to not only alleviate my suffering but to alleviate other people's suffering yes you should go through adversity going through adversity builds character but i'm talking about unnecessary suffering you know like the the suffering that went on in the concentration camps in auschwitz for example like that is just inexcusable that's that's not okay and we that can never happen again um but you know it's like (sighs) as long as we can like be a person that ultimately gets to that point I, I really think that's kind of the, the whole purpose of life.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you made a good point there. Like you're almost like alleviating their suffering so they can, let's just say there is going back to reincarnation. If there is reincarnation, I don't know what that would, that reincarnation would look like, but hopefully they can uh, live a better life uh, the next time around and make better decisions. hmm um i think the the other thing is that i think there's two topics here i think we can actually leave for another episode and kind of combine them these ideas of some of the challenges and and difficulties that are unique to both men and women so we'll save that for another episode but the the last kind of bullet point on here has to do with um this this idea of this greater intelligence at play we're going to use the word god uh, which i know is a charged word and actually took me a long time to start even using that word i used to just say the universe source whatever it's all kind of interchangeable and again like we've mentioned many times, like language just doesn't do this stuff kind of justice. But yep. what we agree on, we kind of disagree on this topic, but there's one thing that we do mostly agree on, which is this idea that Itch. this greater intelligence, God source is a non-local decentralized intelligence that exists uh, throughout and within every living creature and within the universe itself. And so it's not this this stereotypical sky, <laughs> sky daddy that people think like it's this yeah. central. A lot of people think of God as like this, Almost like an ego, like a greater form of ego that exists somewhere out in the ether that's making all of these decisions. That's not what God is. And I don't think anyone who has had mystical experiences and is, is deep on their spiritual path thinks that it's just this, almost like, um, what is it uh, like? What is it like human-like? Like um, not androgynous. What is the word? I'm 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 forgetting the word, but almost like the, like a human-like figure but that's just is just greater and grander than the average human that's making all these decisions or maybe some sort of spirit that's very like that that's that's centralized in making these decisions that's not literally what god is what god is 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 this this intelligence that permeates and transcends space and time and that exists everywhere and in everything and is non-local and decentralized and Basically, this energy is, is what animates life, and it has this intelligence. It's the intelligence that runs throughout humans. It's the intelligence that that dictates the mycelium networks, which is a whole other topic of conversation. You know, these mycelium networks have this great intelligence at play that help create ecosystems and sustain them. It is basically it is life itself, and it is, it is everything that has ever existed and that ever ever will exist. Um, and my belief is that um, that this energy is is characterized by, uh, you know, that there is this idea of goodwill involved and that it is characterized by, by love and by um, helping human life to expand and, and raise their consciousness and, you know, do better and evolve over time and in a positive way. And I believe that it, you know, this idea of karma of like, if you put in and do good things, that'll come back to you is the universe will support you the more good that you do. And if you tend to do more things that are malevolent or bad or that, you know, take away from the goodwill of existence that that is going to affect you in, in that way as well. But that ultimately the universe wants humans to thrive and to do good for one another and to have compassion. And I believe that there is some sort of impetus or inclination that the universe has towards that direction. Whereas your view on that kind of differs.
1: Yeah. My, I mean, I, I kind of see, here's the thing. I like that view because it's like, it's kind of comforting knowing that there's some greater intelligence at play that I kind of like, don't have to almost like take responsibility in a certain sense. Like, I mean, obviously we, we do need to take responsibility for our actions in, in some sense. But I I feel like when you say that, you know, Oh, there's, there's this greater intelligence behind everything. I'm, I know that if I do positive deeds, I'm going to be okay. Um, I, I, my problem with it is just, it's kind of like the ego's way of just, um, instilling some certainty and comfort into your life to avoid the possibility that, you know, everything just is, and that we have to take full responsibility for our actions, but like taking full responsibility for actions kind of implies free will. So it's like, if, if we don't believe in free will, then kind of everything is just happening in and of itself. So you don't have to like almost take full responsibility, but you kind of do, so, I mean, here's the thing. It's like, even if there is a, first of all, like the fact that evolution and life exists in the first place is fucking insane. Okay. Like to say that there is not something beneath us that is, that is happening at some like greater level than we, than we understand. We, we don't know. We don't know shit as humans. We, we don't absolutely know anything about what is going on. No one has life figured out. No one has this shit figured out. We're all just winging it at, at, at some at some point. So who knows what exists? I mean, DNA in and of itself in every single, like in every single creature, you know, our heart beating, just like the intelligence of our body, the intelligence of how humans are born, the intelligence of, of, you know, the star stars and like the, the laws of gravity and just like the, everything that exists, like there, there, of course there might be something going on or everything might just exist. And that's just the way it is. The point is, it's like, we don't really know. We have no fucking clue because, like, quantum physics is is so minute, so like fundamental. The Planck length is like ten to the negative thirty-four. We, there's no way we can measure that with any sort of um, device that can really get that low. I mean, we we can theorize with math, but we can't really get to the point where we can measure that low. So it's like it's almost like we we're going to get to a point where we're just like, yeah, we're just we just don't know um, you know, how, how low or how high we can go to a certain point. So, um, to, to say that we do absolutely know that this is reality, that, you know, that this is the way things are. That's just egotistical. That's just like pure ego right there in in, in a certain, like in a certain sense. So I do agree with you, but I also want to like take a step back from that and be like, okay, but let's not use that as something that allows us to get too comfortable with our situation, because sitting in that comfortable state is often what doesn't allow us to like be in the present moment and be, uh, you know, and kind of just like watch our future unfold and watch things happen like limitlessly. I guess you can say, Oh, you know, the intelligence of the universe is what is allowing this thing to unfold like, and what, which is kind of like causing predeterminism in a certain way. Um, but if I'm being honest with you, I'm, my whole idea of how the universe exists is still, you know, somewhat nascent. I, 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 my ideas and my beliefs are evolving all the time. Like literally I had a huge insight that changed my belief from this shroom strip with the whole, you know, the soul might exist, but that doesn't necessarily imply that the, the underlying awareness isn't there. You know, we aren't our souls, but we are everything that exists type of thing. So I guess the point is, you know, our beliefs are constantly evolving. My beliefs are constantly evolving. I'm okay with the fact that I might believe something completely different 10 years from now because of a certain experience that I have. And I'm also okay with like, you know, having the same beliefs that I have right now for the rest of my life. The point is, I don't know what's going to happen in my life. I don't know, you know, (laughs) what is going on. I'm just going to watch it happen and watch my beliefs change, just like the universe is. And I forget who said it, but the only constant in the universe is change.
0: Yeah, a few final thoughts. I think that, um, you know, there's a few things here. So one is that if you, the reason I really think that there is like a a goodwill or or an intention towards, or or an inclination of the universe towards love and positivity and and, you know, all of these good things that we associate with joy and gratitude and kindness and all of these things that exist in the universe is because when people experience these expanded states of consciousness, and when people are on a path of awakening, and they really are on the path, they're not just using that as a guise for their ill intentions, it's Just there's some people who pretend to be spiritual to try to like calm people. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people, people who are really on the path. Um, what do they tend to do? Well, they tend to do good things for others. They tend to be more conscious and compassionate. So if that's the case and you're on the spiritual path and you're expanding your consciousness and you're tapping into this energy and this vibration and you start doing good things, wouldn't it make sense that the universe is more inclined towards that direction? It's not like as you become more spiritual, you start doing like shitty things and, and yeah. like, you know what I mean? So that's kind of where I, I think about when it comes to that. And it's also interesting. Like I think one of the great signs of wisdom is like surrendering and, and admitting that you don't know things. Like the more I go down this path, the more I realize I don't actually know. And at the end of the day, all of these things that we're talking about on this podcast, all of these ideas and all of these words, really, they're just like, they're just ideas. Right. And I think like when you look at certain spiritual masters, like As they go further in their path, they eventually get to a point where they stop talking and they start just being silent. I think that's (laughs) honestly because they realize like all of these ideas and words, like, (laughs) like they're just they're pointless. They're not completely pointless, but I think they just get to a point where they're like, you know what? It's not even worth talking. I'm just going to freaking be in this energy. Everything's inevitable. It's no, there's no point in trying to define it or explain it. There's just let's just be this this way. Let's show up in this way. Let's let's lead by it by example and just being and in, in, in experiencing source, experiencing the positive energy and then trying to emanate out that through the way that like we just are through the energy that we radiate rather than trying to say this and say that these podcasts are cool. I enjoy doing it. This, that's also something to keep in mind. And um, my advice uh, is just to continue to, to learn, to grow, to be open-minded, to try to do good things for others and to yeah, to trust the path of, of spirituality and spiritual awakening, and uh, you know all the things we talk about. I mean, it's, it's hard to distill this into one message. Is there anything else you'd like to say to kind of wrap this up? Um,
1: mushrooms are very fun, <laughs> yes. and I love the insights that come from it. And I would highly suggest that you write about them afterwards.
0: Yeah, go do mushrooms in a safe environment. Make sure that you prepare for it and uh, be responsible. And I think that you will have uh, an amazing experience. Thank you everyone. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Chasing Presence podcast. If you enjoyed it, please spread the word by telling your family and friends and by sharing it on social media. You can also show us your support by leaving a review. Also, if you'd like to get in touch with us, our contact information is in the show notes. Please send us a message as we'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. As always, thanks again for listening, stay present, and have a great day.